Hello and welcome to another Critical Twits RPG Basics, where today we talk about how to keep your role-playing game campaign alive. TPR? Yes! Hello and welcome to the Critical Twits. I'm Brian Ennis. And I'm Aaron Minsky. Uh, today's episode is all about tabletop role-playing games and part of our RPG Basics series. Uh, in previous episodes, which you can go back and look at, we look at you can't look at a fucking podcast episode. Jesus, you can Christ. look at it. You I've, won't get anything out of it. But you can look at them. I've balls that up already. Um, <laughs> we covered how to create compelling player characters, how to run a game as a DM or storyteller or Grand King Poobah, as it's known in some systems. And we talked about how to build your parties for better games. Uh, we also talked about great one-shot and filler RPGs yeah. uh, for sort of that one gaming night where you just want to role-play or try something different. But that's not what we're talking about, Aaron. No. What do we mean when we talk about a role-playing game campaign? We mean a... Normally weekly, as that's how most people tend to play role-playing games. Yes. A reoccurrence of the same system and setting and characters that you come back to multiple times over in order to tell a complete story from beginning to end over multiple sessions. Brilliant. That's a really good definition. You can put the dictionary away now. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, it's like episodes of your favourite TV show linking together to make a longer story so the same recurring characters in the same place or in a series of locations that are but the same kind of world uh doing doing what they do best uh, whether that be uh, killing monsters and earning treasure or trying to overcome the horrific curse of vampirism and learn what it is to love again it's kind of the last two games I played. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk a little bit about roleplay campaigns yeah. um, and why we love them and why we think they're amazing. Because yeah. I personally think, and we'll get into this later, I think they're kind of a really good roleplaying campaign is probably my favourite thing to do for fun. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yes. Um, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But we're going to talk about some of the problems that can come up when you're trying to stitch together this story over a long period of time yeah. and when you're trying to kind of manage the players, manage real-life circumstances, manage a long story. I mean, if you take any kind of long form of fiction, whether that's a fantasy trilogy, whether that's eight series of the same American drama, mm -hmm. um, they tend to be the ones that, that go for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um they can, they, they can, they fall apart. Game of Thrones is falling apart, as far yeah, as I'm yeah. concerned. For instance, um, and so we're going to look at some of the problems that might come up, some ways to fix it, some of the practical things you can do within your session to try to avoid these problems coming up in the first place. Finally, we're going to finish with how to make your RPG campaign finish with a bang Ooh. and not a whimper. Thank you, T. S. Eliot. <laughs> this is how the campaign ends. This is how the campaign ends. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. That's my serious poetry voice. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Good, yeah. Big fan of The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot, Aaron? Uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed his uh, rendition of uh, Super Mutants. They were, they were fairly representative. <laughs> <laughs> you Philistine. <laughs> we talked about what a campaign is. 
it is the same characters generally engaging in a long form story. Now you can have an episodic campaign yeah. where every session, be that weekly, be that fortnightly, be that monthly, uh, each session is kind of its own self-contained thing. Yeah. So a bit like if you take TV shows, you might have something like The X-Files was one of my, my favourites for this kind of thing. Yeah. You'd have what they'd call like Monster of the Week episodes where, you know, Mulder and Scully would go out and they'd be like, there's no such thing as pirate monsters. And then everyone's got an eye patch and tentacles by the end of the episode. And then yeah. it all goes back to normal afterwards. Yeah. That's kind of like a TV default, isn't it? If you're yeah. kind of comparing it to TV. What the X-Files started to do was bring in like a longer overarching story that would take a season or more to pay off. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy those kind of campaigns where there's, there's kind of this, you might be fighting this thing this week or solving this murder next week, but it turns out they're kind of linked. Yeah. Or you could do the kind of thing they do in Game of Thrones, The Wire, Sopranos, where everything, it's just one long story. Yeah. And you might not, you know, everything might link together and you might not finish a section, if you like. It might not be clearly delineated adventures or missions or investigations to undertake. Yeah. And it's actually everything just kind of flows together. Um, and I've done I've done all three types, actually. Mm. And I, I, I kind of like the last two the most. Yeah. Yeah, something where it's kind of episodic in that old TV style, but nothing really changes. Yeah. I like to have that overarching thing. Yeah. Have you played all, all the types? No. I've played, I've played episodic stuff because we've played the sprawl and things like yeah. that. So that's a thing. Your character will essentially grow, but same, pretty much the same. Yes. So overarching story is what you have to do in that week. And I've played... Just the long, long form campaigns where it's just one big story that carries on one yeah. to the next. That tends to be what I default to as a DM. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not very good at knowing when to stop. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> and I say this to you as one of the, my players from a 24 hour role play game that we did for charity a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Did I ever finish telling the bloody story in that 24 hours? Mm, you got very close. <laughs> no, no, because I, I overindulge myself. Yeah. You um, did write a deliberate end point in the second one we did, well, that I did with you. You had a distinct one in, in mind and you brought us right to that area and then we just ran out of time. Yes. So you, you yeah. tried, you did try. I did try, point. but life is hard. <laughs> and 24 um, hours isn't enough, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing as well is that depending on how often you play, like I've got, I'm currently playing in two campaigns, one as a player and one as a DM. And the one I play more regularly, it's every week, but we probably get three or four hours of role play in. Yeah. In my fortnightly game, we sit down at the table and we role play for 12 hours. Yeah. So although it's not as often, we're getting more role play in. Yeah. And actually those players are more focused, um, which I think is down because we take, it's on a Saturday, it's on the weekend. Yeah. People have kind of woken up. This is the thing we're doing today. The other game's on a Friday night. Everyone's tired from work. Yeah. Um, also haven't seen each other, so... You want to catch up a little bit. Yeah. If you block out 12 hours and you spend an hour of that at the beginning talking, doesn't matter. If you yeah. block out four hours, you've lost a quarter of your session. Yeah. And all sessions take time to build up momentum um, and that kind of thing. So it's, yeah, it's just it's just a different different feel. Yeah. 
Uh, might be something we could discuss in more detail in a future podcast, how to make the most out of your sessions on an individual basis. Yeah, be interesting. Uh, I will write that down. Yes, please, please let us know. I have uh, a podcast, a podcast notepad yeah. thing on my phone where I just write down ideas. Um, because, you know, you never know when inspiration is going to strike. Why are they good then, Aaron? Why is an RPG campaign fun? Because you could go your entire RPG playing life not playing a campaign. You might just play things that last for a couple sessions or four or five sessions at most. Yeah. Have one self-contained, almost like a film, if you like. So yeah. using sort of TV metaphors, you play the film, you're done. Not doing the whole kind of like a series of a TV show, which is what a good campaign feels like to me. Yeah, yeah. It's... it's the character growth, and not just yours, but the people around you as well. Okay? Yeah. Because what's one of the big things I really enjoy, that really does help you get into the character. Yes. It's what they want, and thinking long form for it, knowing that the goal you want, particularly at that point in time, might be months away, potentially, from you actually achieving, just like in real life. Yes, yeah. really having to properly think and plan yeah. things, and really getting to know the world you're in. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, it's like having a collective campfire story that you're telling. Oh, I think I've brought this up before in previous ones. Yeah. But just, just watching that take form and shape and it helps it become distinct in its own entity after a while. Yeah, like yeah. The, the singular section is like, cool, right film, you've watched it. You know, you remember it. It's not yeah. like they're not distinct. You do remember it sort of thing. But this is a big, important concept that you've essentially created yeah i think it's why people like things like like big fantasy novels and big fantasy series and long-running tv shows you can get lost in it yeah uh you can you can kind of slip into that world easier the more you've been in and out of wherever it is whether it's you're playing like modern day superheroes or um grim dark gritty fantasy you kind of you you get into the mood easier mm you can kind of take on the the mantle of that character more easily as well. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of what our group defaults to. Yeah. We've just finished um, a couple months worth of role play on a, in a single, single story. Yeah. And it was like, what campaign are we doing next? Not, not what are we playing next. Yeah. What, what, what campaign is next? I just, I can think back to characters I've played for long periods of time and they're, like they're the they feel like real people to me yeah which might mean i have a serious mental illness and should be locked up key thrown away Possibly. <laughs> this man's got a tenuous grip on reality and at any moment he could do anything i'd love people to say oh, we don't know what brian's gonna do next i'd like yeah. that i was just thinking that i was like i'm not entirely sure that's a negative thing in my brain yeah that, that's worrying <laughs> yeah never mind <laughs> um so I could. I feel I could slip into those characters mm. whenever I like. And actually, because I DM, I kind of steal things from old campaigns and reuse them when I've got new players. So I've used old player characters, yeah. but I've also used other characters that that other players have played alongside me or in my games, and I just throw them into new situations as NPCs. Yeah, because they've been so distinct and so fully fledged, they feel like real people because. If you're playing a one-off game, you might only see that character um, when they're angry and they're fighting the thing, and then yeah. when they're happy because they've killed the thing. Yeah. 
Whereas if you played a long form campaign that's got a lot of varied sort of textures and moods, you've seen that character happy, sad, angry, lonely. Um, Dealing with grief. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. all these things and they start to feel more and more real. We've used a lot of TV uh, sort of metaphors, but it's, it's like reading a good book, if you like. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, I just love, I love pl- being able to tell all these long stories about, oh, this happened and then this happened and then that happened. Hence why I have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really love a good uh, a good campaign. Now, it can be a bit too much for a brand new DM to, to bite off and chew in one go. Yeah. If you're new to running games or if your players are new to playing, don't start with, yes, we're going to play from first level peasants up to 20th level demigods. It will take four years. <laughs> and these are the seven things that have to happen on the way. That's too much. Yeah. Because it, there is an art to running a campaign. Always be ambitious, but, but start small. Start with an adventure and then go, do you want to carry on? Do you want to try something new? And if they're like, oh, we want to carry on, then maybe you've got something there with the legs to become a campaign. Yes. And you can sort of run from there, really. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way of getting a campaign off to a good uh, a good start. Yeah. Because, I mean, you might find that your players may play a character that they've not got as invested in as they maybe thought when they started. Yes, yeah. Um, so, having played that adventure, you give them an opportunity, that, at that point is a nice opportunity for them to maybe tweak that character or throw it away and try something new that maybe they've got more of a better idea of how they'll run with and play with. Yes. That isn't going to ruin your story in any way, shape or form because yeah. you, you've got an, you've had an endpoint and you're starting something new. Yeah. So, it's, it's safe. Yeah. Now we talked about in our how to run a game session, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, in our how to run a game podcast, yes. all about the idea of session zero. So I'm not going to go into all the detail here. If you want to sort of check that out, it's in that podcast, yeah. um, which is episode, what episode number is it, Aaron? You know. Episode 47. Good oh, guess, dude. That. Really? Oh, shit. I should have let well, you. Well, I think we'll probably go, I think. 49 was coming. Oh, there's too much dead air, mate. Too much dead air. Can't have dead air on the radio. (laughs) Stroke internet. (laughs) So the basic idea of a session zero is a way to sort of plan ahead. Now, if you're going to run a one-off game, if you're going to run a one-off session of something or sort of three or four linked evenings, days of gaming and then finish, as a DM, you can kind of be a bit selfish and say, I want to run a game that's like this. Yeah, and your players can can buy in or not as they so desire, but there's no sort of commitment for we're going to do this for a long time. With a campaign, you've kind of got that. And recently, we've played a couple things that have faltered, mm. and I think actually looking back, it's because I didn't follow or we didn't follow our own advice. There wasn't really much of a session zero. Yeah, there was a. It was all kind of spotty and done online, and no, we didn't sit round and do it. Yeah. Uh, and actually sitting down together and going, okay, what kind of story do we want to tell? What kind of characters do we want to play? And just getting some concrete ideas down. Yeah. Getting the players invested in the setting as well, letting them invent something that exists within the world, whether that's an NPC mentor, whether that's an organisation that they work for. Yeah. Um, some people don't like to do that, but they like to know about the background and go oh actually i'll be a knight of st ulfric because i read a story about st ulfric and he's really cool and i want to be like him or my character wants to be like him yeah. that's cool um but because you're trying to build something long form it's almost like planning yeah 
Taking again Game of Thrones, it's fairly obvious that no one at this point has any idea how the bloody thing should end. Yeah. And they're all floundering around, drowning horribly, especially poor George Martin in the story where he's got more characters than I've had hot dinners yeah. and he can't eat them quick enough. <laughs> Does that work as a metaphor? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's cool. kind of ballistic, that metaphor. Yeah. yeah, it works. That works because there's a bit where some people are putting a pie. Yeah, that's true. Which he stole from Shakespeare. And that's fine because Shakespeare is notoriously non-litigious now. He's dead. <laughs> um, have you done a session zero with us? Yes. Um, in fact, it was built into the campaign. I think we brought it up in yeah. the session. Mutant Year Zero. Yeah. Which did it wonderfully. Yeah. So our Mutant Year Zero review um, yeah. is out there again. Uh, which podcast number, Aaron? Uh, 62. Have you just looked this up? Nope. It's episode 41. We did God, it just before the How to Run a Game. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we decided to tell people how to run a game, then decide to subscribe a good example of it. Yeah. Curses. But yeah, I mean, that system kind of made you not only create your characters, but help create where your characters are all based, yeah. the arc, where, sort of where on the map, what yeah. that looked like, what resources you had available to you. Yeah. All the little bits and pieces that helps you cement a little bit of history and kind of encourage you to build relationships yeah. with your characters because you knew they're all locked in this little area. Yeah. Again, if you're only going to be playing a character for six or 12 hours, yeah. you don't really need to know about Throg the Barbarian's relationship with his mother. No. If you're going to play him for like a thousand hours... When you say that, I mean, if he's fighting his mother at a later date during that campaign, he might need to. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you're playing it for thousands yeah. of hours... Will come up. Yeah. I almost started a sentence with as a writer and then I wanted to strangle myself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ooh, as a writer. At least I didn't say as a mother. <laughs> Speaking as a father. I called, I called myself a content creator the other day and I wanted to kick myself out. Uh, yeah. uh, created any good content lately, Aaron? In my toilet bowl. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. That was weird. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Where the fuck were we? Um, um, yeah, um, it feels a bit like the difference between writing a short story and a novel. Yeah. In a short story, everything needs to serve that purpose and get you to the end and be relevant. Yeah. In a novel, you've got much more breadth to to go on tangents and have side stories and multiple plot arcs and sort of again texture to the characters' lives, things that are interesting to them that might not be the greatest thing but really sort of inform the character and are developed as you as you go along yeah so i like that session zero and i like that idea of, of allowing the players to have a hand in helping sort of build the world set some of the, the things not always easy for new people no again serving them up something saying this is what you're doing do you want to carry on cool you can then actually say okay so we're done with you've saved the village of abernathy from the jabberwocky uh what do you want to do now and like, go I back through I, the looking glass, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay, cool. So where's your character from? What are they interested in? Why did they come on this adventure? And you can kind of almost do it a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. And then use that as kind of fodder for your uh, your storytelling. This helps avoid the first of our problems, mm. which is a lack of player investment. Yeah. So a campaign often dies because the players don't feel invested in what's going on. The typical RPG fantasy trope of you meet in a tavern there is a poster on the wall that says the princess is missing yeah. you all go to the kit you know or you're all in the same village when it gets attacked 
now you're adventurers together for the next ten years. Yeah. It doesn't really work. It's fine for a one-off and you do the thing, but why do the characters care about each other? Why do they want to be yeah. be together? Why do they want to, to carry on? What's driving them? Um, and that, again, that, that helps. They need that investment in something. Yes. And it can be investment in each other. Yeah. Um, I had two... I played two characters once in a game because uh, we were short on players. Yeah. So I had one character who was very, very talkative mm-hmm. and did the party healing. Yeah. Which is the character I wanted to play. And then we needed a fighter. So I made a mute fighter who was her brother. Yeah. Or adopted brother. Uh, who was enormous and never said anything. Yeah. And I played both of them. Yeah. And essentially the DM kind of ran the character as well. And we all actually at different points played Titan, that character. Yeah. We played different things that he did. And he was just kind of like a group character. Yeah, yeah. But there was no way that they were going to leave each other. So yeah. as long as one of them had a reason to be there, the other one was like, we're best buds, bro. We're doing this shit. Yeah. I'm with you. I've got you back. I've got you back. Yeah. But we came. I came into that campaign yeah. late. Yeah. you guys had played it for ages, and you were having a brief break for it. I joined you. We played some other stuff. Yeah. And then the first one in the campaign was like, "Cool, I want to go back to Rise of the Rune Lords." Which is the campaign we were playing. Yeah, one of the uh, Pathfinder adventure paths. Uh, we the premier Pathfinder adventure path. Yes. And having tried the second big one, still the premier. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it was like the last chapter, essentially, of, of this big story that was all going together. And rather than creating a whole new character, because it would make no sense coming into it, I essentially took over Titan. Yes. But was given slightly convoluted, but made sense in the context of what we needed to do, a reason for Titan to then start speaking. Yes, yeah. It it being a magical fantasy world, it was kind of a thing that could happen and it was fine. I hideously struggled with that, though. Because you didn't have the backstory. Yeah, I'd heard loads of stories, so I had some concept and idea, but because I hadn't been there for all the sessions... I couldn't get invested, not because the character wasn't interesting or cool, but because I didn't know enough to invest myself in that. Yeah, to definitely. To feel integrated with the rest of the party. Yeah. And that floundered the campaign somewhat. Yeah, it would have been better if you'd made your own character and we come up with a proper reason for you to be there. Yeah. Right off the top of my head, um, we find out that the Titan I've been travelling with all this time is a doppelganger. And the real Titan had been kidnapped and uh, taken away and had his own adventures and had finally made his way back. Yeah, yeah. You could be the same character, give you the character sheet, but it's like, it's not you. You're, you're a different one. Different, yeah. that, would have been, that would have been odd. Or you could have been someone else that came in at a different point, and that's yeah. fine. It's, it's crossed the sea from somewhere. Yeah. Really powerful, the, yeah. the doppelganger thing was used by a DM of, of mine in, yeah. a, in a thing. Yeah, we uh, a player didn't make it one week, so their character hung around and did some stuff, but actually they were a doppelganger. Yeah. Um, that was really good, actually. That was, really quite, that was quite fun. Never did find out what was really going on there, but it was, it was fun mean, at the time. That was, you know, again, that's not something that... Yeah, the DM sort of tried to find a way of getting me in into the system and stuff. But it just yeah, because of that thing, I could quite easily have stepped forward and asked like out any detailed history on everything that's happened with time, so I understand everything that's going on. But didn't. Yeah, being lazy to be honest. Yeah, but you also don't want four hundred pages of exposition because we've been playing that game for nearly two years. At that yeah, point. that's true. Um, yeah, but no, there was there was ways and means around it that 
didn't adopt, so it yeah. knocked, knocked things back a little bit. Yeah. Took some of the edge off. So, we've massively jumped ahead. Cool. Because rule one should be, don't be a dick, no. Uh, rule one should be, if it's not fun and people aren't enjoying it, yeah. don't do it. Yeah. This is to save something that, that was fun or is fun but just isn't working or can go back to being fun. If you try some of these things and it just doesn't work and you're not enjoying it, don't grind out a story for the sake of just sheer blooded minded stubbornness. I yeah. can't talk, I can't do words. It's fine. Yeah. No, it's not on a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, don't don't try to force it too much. No. Um, but we've had games like that Rise of the Rune Lords campaign was grinding to a halt and we had a break, we did something else, we came back to it and we finished. Yeah. And it was good. Yeah. So there are ways to sort of get it back to being um, to being fun. So that's rule one. Yeah. Consider the previous tip rule two. Yeah. Tip, tip one. And that leads me nicely then to another problem that can afflict campaigns, which is the idea of burnout. Mm. So... Anything that's fun is normally more fun at the beginning than it is at the end. Yeah. Because it's full of possibility. It's exciting. Maybe the middle's good because you get good at a thing. Yeah. But there's always comes a point where no matter how much you like ice cream, you can't eat any more ice cream. Yeah. It's become bloated. Yes. Well, you've become bloated in the case of yeah. ice cream. but Yeah. I was going to use a hideous sexual metaphor there and I didn't. But well done. Feel free to insert your own, Aaron. A. Eh? A? No. No. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so burnout. I mean, I've got burned out as a, as a DM. Yeah. Uh, running various campaigns, actually, where lots of little things were kind of making it awkward. And I had uh, ideas for other things. Yeah. And I wasn't as interested in the story as I had been. I had kind of like an idea for three or four story beats, and I hit them all, and I didn't have one to follow it up. Yeah. But we weren't necessarily at a point to finish it one of the things i do as a dm you'll be able to probably confirm this is i throw out hooks for story like crazy yeah yeah and then i forget about some of them because i just threw out a thing and then someone's like oh, i want to do this and i'm like oh shit i've made no plans yeah and i just had too much caffeine that night and i have no idea where that was going to go as a general rule you hide it very well <laughs> Feel free to tell me to stop if this is going to spoil something. You don't want me to discuss it. Okay, no. But um, there was, and I can't remember the system we used for it, but we, we were playing in a kind of post-apocalyptic fantasy. Oh, yeah, world. yeah, yeah. Um, we entered these caverns, which we were told not to look back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've reused that recently. Yes. Yeah. This is what's made me remember this particularly. Yeah. Um, so we go down and get sort of lost in the caverns. Yeah, it's a big tunnel. Big it's tunnel. a giant tunnel, yeah. like a man-made, machined tunnel, big, huge thing. Yeah. Yeah, that you could fit a dragon down. And you were essentially told if you look back, something horrible is going to happen yeah. to you, and you will yeah. disappear. To the point where the people guarding you had blindfolds on, so they couldn't, physically couldn't look back. Yeah. Um, no one had any lights. They were walking through the darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of the story beat we played was to... We got sort of distracted into... Uh, off chamber to one side. Yeah. And you go in and you get a little bit lost in this sort of mini maze kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But you'll get back to the out to, to the tunnel eventually. Yeah. And with the side tunnel being on your left. Yeah. And you come back out of it. 
your instinct then is to turn left because if you turn right, you're going back on yourself and everyone yes. will look back. So we turned left. Yeah. And went down that way. Yeah. But I know for a fact. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've told me. Yes. You've recently had a group of players who yeah. decided that turning right would be a good idea. Yeah. So I've used this setting three times. Good setting. Thank you. It's a homebrew setting. Uh, it's a post-apocalyptic um, fantasy setting. And I think I've talked about it a bit before on the yeah. podcast. But, yeah, that particular tunnel, you can't look back. And, and it's all a little bit time dilating. Yeah. Horror. Things are whispering. Things are trying to tempt you to go backwards. It's got kind of horror vibe to that yeah, particular yeah. bit. Um, and it's always kind of left players a bit unsettled and people seem to remember that bit. Yeah. Um, so I've used three different groups in sort of three different versions of the set. We've, we've done the same thing. Yeah, and my players the other week, um, two of them ran out of the tunnel and turned right and went back the way they'd come. Yeah. Now, I first came up with this idea about seven years ago and I realised I couldn't remember what was supposed to happen when they turned, <laughs> if they went back, if they looked back. Because everyone's been so massively paranoid yeah. about it. And so, I hope they're not listening. Well, I, I hope they are listening. But uh, <laughs> I had to kind of like really think and be like, okay, so what actually happens? I had to kind of write my own setting again. Yeah. Um, but that's something I do. I throw out too many plot hooks. Um, and I kind of get myself lost or distracted down tangents or the party follows something and doesn't pick up on something or doesn't care about something. Yeah. And then I suddenly realise, like, oh, shit, what am I doing? Yeah. And that's when I start to feel burnt out because I feel that pressure of, shit, they're coming round on Saturday and I've got to have an adventure and I can't remember what I was doing. That's yeah. what burns me out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know some people just get burnt out from running mm-hmm. because it is – a very different skill. It's a very different experience around the table. Very intense, I'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, I I could always judge um, how a, a session is going as a DM by how few of my snacks I consume. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, like, as a player, and in our, in our main roleplay group, we take turns running the game. Mm. So, as a player, when it's not my turn to run a particular arc or a particular six months or whatever we're doing... I'll buy a big bag of snacks and eat them all. Yeah. And then I, I'll start running again and I'll buy the same big bag of snacks and then I'll take a giant bag of snacks home yeah. and possibly my dinner that I didn't eat because I'm so... You're, you're doing everything all the time. Yeah. And actually it could be quite physically and mentally tiring to run Yeah. consistently. Um, so as we already mentioned, we took a break from Rise of the Rune Lords. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took a break from Mutant as well. Yeah, we did. And came back to it. Really, you can kind of do anything that you want in those breaks. Yeah. What have we done in those breaks? We've tried a couple of new systems out. Yeah. Uh, we, we played a Call of Cthulhu sort of mini adventure, I'd say. It was you like said. a mini campaign, wasn't yeah. it? It was kind of, you sort of you planned for two months, yeah. wasn't it, roughly? Yeah, I was going to say about six to eight sessions. Of yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Um, we tried it out. Sprawl, yeah, which we episodic, which we really like because yeah. it's episodic. Um, it fits really nicely in there, and it's still waiting for us to go back yeah. to. We've had other players who wanted to DM who've got their own story to tell. Who have then yeah. done their own campaign in that period? Yeah, period. you can sometimes lose the momentum of a campaign if the break is massive. Yeah. And we've we've got a few campaigns. Um, and a friend of podcast, Rob, is the kind of guy, he doesn't like to leave a story hanging. Yeah. And he keep, he, he sometimes says to me, like, oh, I'd like to go back to this. And I go, shit, 
that was seven years ago. I can't <laughs> remember. I mean, I can remember the gist of it. I can remember that I was a, a peasant who got plague and got tossed into a plague pit and set on fire. <laughs> okay. They thought he was dead. Yeah, yeah. And then he woke up and he was still alive. And so he worshipped the cleansing power of the fire. Still can't work out if he still had plague that was infecting people as he went. I don't think so. But that would have been quite funny. Yeah. Um, and also kind of the plot of a fantasy novel I've read recently. Um, There's nothing wrong with a bit of stealing. Yeah. Stuff. And I can remember bits of what we did, yeah. but the campaign kind of fizzled out. And I'm like, where, 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 where what were we doing? What was that yeah. guy's name? It's just going to win it taking you a few sessions to yeah. get back into it enough to understand what was happening. Yeah, because yeah. because it's like turning around and saying, um, Aaron, what was your... Um, name a TV series you haven't watched in 10 years. Yeah, the X-Files, actually. The X-Files. Yeah. Can you remember everything that happened in the X-Files? No. No, no not the overarching story. Yeah, what, what happened in, in series 3, episode 21? C- couldn't tell you. Yeah. Uh, someone's ran through some trees, I don't know. Yeah, in most episodes. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I can remember bits and pieces, distinct episodes that stood yeah, out. Yeah. But the overarching thing. Yeah. I mean, whose side did you think Director Skinner was really on? Oh, is he? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's an important X Files thing. Yeah, huge. all the way through. But I think when I left, when I last <laughs> remember watching it, I think he was on their side. But I'm not. Too but it's sure. hard to remember, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's the that's the kind of thing with it. Is it's like. It was a good campaign, and I was enjoying it. It fizzled out for really for outside of game reasons. Yeah, but it, I couldn't go back to it because my brain would hurt. Yeah, and this is where that idea of the like my homebrew setting. I've run three different groups through it now because they're they're different people, and there's been a gap, and it's kind of a new story. Yeah, and I changed the setting completely in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've also reused characters that other people have played in the setting and just picked them up and plonked them in my game because I'm like, that's an awesome character. It deserves to live on. Yeah. Um, well, I really like that idea. It's a nice way of yeah. remembering past campaigns and having nods to them without it being really sort of cliched yeah. or anything. And it sort of saves you a bit of work as well. Yeah. I've done a thing as well in one in yeah. where I've run something again. I've, I've used my hero from one campaign in a completely different world, but mm. I, I took the idea and it, it fit, still fit and made him the bad guy of, an, of <laughs> the next campaign that I yeah. ran uh, for a different group. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's like, I really knew the, the big bad evil guy really well. So I knew what he'd do. Yeah. I'd be like, cool, this is the information he's got. He'd do this. And then that just, just sparked off the next yeah. adventure and the next adventure. Um, and then they killed him. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Cause it's not, it's not real. Yeah. It's not like committing something to paper or filming it and that is what happened. It's almost like fan fiction where you can do whatever you like with the yeah. different characters and play around with it. Or like comic books do it. Yeah. And yeah. it annoys me in comic books because I like to know what the real thing is. But actually you can be they they're quite playful and they'll have alternative universes. And... Zombie Batman. Yeah. Is that a thing? It is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or or a you know, episode of well, a comic series of the Punisher and 100 Years in the Future where he's murdered every yeah. single person on the planet. Yeah, yeah. so when it comes to burnout, just mix things up. Mix things up, have yeah. someone else run. There's no point trying to force it because it will show. Yeah. And ultimately, back to rule one, you should be having fun. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes players burn out as well. Yes. Um, and that could be for slightly different reasons. Yeah. Have um, you burnt out as a player? I'm, I will be honest. I have, I'm at the point of burnout at the moment. Okay. 
Um, it's taken me longer than it should have done to realise that. Yeah, that's the thing. Sometimes you can be burnt out but not realise it. I mean, I've had this in real life where I was like, I left a job, got a new job, and went, shit, I should have done this two years ago. Yeah. Because I really wasn't happy yeah. in my... But I didn't realise. Yeah, You yeah. just kind of get up and do it, don't yeah. you? But I've noticed that, you know, I haven't written any history for some, a couple of the characters I've played recently, which has made it very difficult to role-play because I don't actually understand what their motives and everything are. Yeah. But it's been nothing to do with... The other players, which has nothing to do with DM, they've done nothing at all wrong. It has just literally been real life has been very exhausting. Some yeah. of the systems have had maybe a little bit too parallels for real life for me personally. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just taken its toll on me. So I'm taking a little mini break from it in order to just to recoup and just rest a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Before coming back again. It's not something I want to step away from completely. Yeah, I yeah. I think I'm grateful that I've managed to pinpoint that this at this point. Before I yeah. forced my way through a number of campaigns, r- potentially ruined it for other people because I'm not invested. Yeah. Because that is always a risk. And then got to a point where like, I don't like playing role-playing games anymore. Yeah. And it's not really actually the fact that I don't like playing role-playing yeah. games anymore, so I've just tried to force things Yeah. Much. You've touched on like three different things that are on my list, so I'm going to try to quickly okay, cool, do yeah, it. We'll... So we talked about the idea of investing your players. Yeah. That allow that that's that investment drives story mm-hmm. you've got to allow the players to affect the world yes and to to do things that make them invested so one of the best things that ever happened in one of my games was the players decided they, they lived in an area that was known as the north because yeah. you know i was young <laughs> um i think it's actually a forgotten realms thing like the north and then it's different areas yeah uh, but i kind of blocked out a bit of a forest knocked a few clearings in it and went this is my bit Um, and I did what I liked in it and they turned around and they said we want to create um, we want to create an adventuring guild Mm. stroke and this is where it was funny because it was a very lawful character who was like I want to create an order of knights who will protect the north and then the chaotic characters were like we want a loosely aligned band of individuals who will come together <laughs> when the time is right in order to uh, and you know and it was yeah. very different and they created the Knights of the North and it, they made a thing in my game and suddenly they were a group and they were an organisation and they had goals they wanted to protect the North yeah. that drove stories for me because I could just have someone knock on their door and go I need protect <laughs> <laughs> not quite that simple but yeah, yeah just they just turn up and it's like cool and they're they're invested it sounds a little bit like you're not, you don't quite know who your character is. You don't know what your goals are. Yeah. So you're just kind of drifting through the story, and you you don't know how to affect the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like who's your who's that character's best friend? No. no. So the the DM can't put that friend in peril. Yeah. Your character can't go that to that friend for help. No. You can't have a tender scene with that character just to break up the horror of being a vampire. Yeah. yeah. You can't do anything because you haven't. No got that so you know investing that's your session zero your character backgrounds are really important in that way um you talk a little bit about how things felt a little bit too close to home Mm. that's for me that feels a little bit like a tone thing we were playing a very gritty very realistic Mm -hmm. apart from the supernatural elements but very politically based very politically based thing where there's lots of scheming and maneuvering and awkward conversations that are taking place on multiple levels and you're not quite sure if anyone's lying to you and you're constrained because you're in a society where you can't just set someone on fire to solve your problems 
as much as my character kept trying to. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's me. I like being awkward. Um, and so you maybe just needed a change of tone for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And if everyone's feeling that, have a break, do it. Yeah. Or if you're playing an episodic game or you're doing something else, you can mix it up. You can have different things. Like if you think of any long running TV show, it's not the same tone all the way through. No. Yeah. It's there's, there's occasionally the, the musical episode or, or some, some of this comedy. Yeah. Yeah, you you take something like Game of Thrones, it's a nice example because A, I think our audience are probably going to be familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And B, it's one of the most popular things on TV. Yeah. It has different moods. It is a dark, horrible Mm. thing. There are nasty things happen to people. Yeah. But there's also, there are comic relief characters who break the tension. Yeah. There are moments of triumph and moments of despair. There's politics, but there's also... A load of battles and murdering and death. Yeah. Um, there's people doing stupid things that they shouldn't just because that's what people do sometimes. They yeah. make bad choices. Yeah. And so, you know, the tone can change. They're not locked in. No. Um, so, yeah, these one shots, these other campaigns are good. But, I mean, I had a... I've, I've run a, I run a game... At Knights of the North, they were very much, we are based here, we go off, we do adventures, we come back. And then they they followed some some clues, some trails, and they ended up in a siege elsewhere. And that was a completely different tone to the rest of the campaign. Yeah. And they had to run around trying to sort of get support and get people in the city organised. And then went and did a battle here and a fight here and held the gate there. Yeah. Never did that again. But it was something they remembered because it was a slightly different tone. The characters were the same, but the feel was just slightly different. So it mixes it up. Yeah. The campaign with the tunnel isn't always horror. No, no, no. I found that horror tends to be one of the things that burns people out quickest. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. It's Obviously, you bring your own personal demons with you at times and horror plays on those aspects yeah so even if the DM hasn't done it deliberately it can accidentally touch nerves yeah or just relive something that they don't want yeah. to live uh, I like that feeling of uncomfortableness that that horror that comes with it yeah, you know, yeah. like feeling a bit scared because oh, I might die horribly yeah um, I like to explore dark things but then I like a palate cleanser and I like to walk away yeah if you think of again TV shows big long running horror TV shows yeah, you've got things like the Outer Limits and stuff, which are actually completely separate short mm-hmm. short episodes. Yeah, the only thing I can think of really that's a any good and b proper horror because there's like the Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's there's two. I can think of The Walking Dead and I can think of American Horror Story. American Horror Story again, it's one series, one story done, something different. Yeah. Walking Dead is different, I think, in that it's a very long-running, very nasty, horrible thing. But it still has those moments of... Is it unrelentingly bleak? I don't know. I don't really watch it anymore. No, I haven't watched it since the first series. Oh, OK. Well, we're not... But no, there were elements in the first series where there were you know, slightly comedic bits and pieces happening. In yeah. There that still had that horror tinge to them. Yeah. But... There was a little bit of slapstick in places and kind of thing and stuff like that, or more. I don't know a lot of the series have done this, but you know, heartfelt, touching moments, yeah, rather than quiet, 
um, more of the quiet horror rather than the unrelenting pressure of it. And it, it yeah. bounced back and forth quite well in the first series, but it's kind of died off after yeah. that. Yeah. So feel free to, to mix things up. Yeah. Um, one thing that a player might find difficult is playing the same character all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, some players are like my cat and you shine a new thing at them and they get confused and run off and run into the wall, hurt their head and die. Yeah. Poor cat. Um, <laughs> easily distracted. Yeah. And I actually, I find there's a certain breed of, ca- of player that is the kind of player that will plan their character ahead and they'll know at level one what they'll take at level 18. Yeah. Um, or they know um, as a newly formed vampire you know, exactly how they're going to make it to the top and what, what they're going to do to get there. Yeah. I find those players that once they get there or they get on the way, it's not as fun as making something that the potential. Yeah. They like building the higher level character. They like the idea that actually they get part of the way into it and they're already thinking of the next thing because in their mind that character's completed and done. Yeah. I once plotted out an entire novel in meticulous detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a 30 page document. Never going to write it because I know what happens and it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there, there's a balance to these, these things. Yeah. And, and so these people might want to try a new character. It might be that your character wants to wander off. The player isn't necessarily burnt out at that point. Yeah. But the character is the characters like, um, I remember in one campaign we had like loads of people die. Yeah. And everything was horrible. And one player was just like, My character's gonna go home and grow turnips. This is horrible. <laughs> this is not what he expected at all. Yeah. Now maybe that was a mismatch between the character he'd made and the tone of the campaign. Yeah. But the player was quite happy to make a new character and carry on. Yeah. But they that character was just like, no. <laughs> now some players might like to role play through that trauma or that difficulty but he's like no I'll just play I'll play Jeff yeah Jeff can deal with this it's fine he Jeff's a bit of a gift about turnips <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so that's you know that's fine yeah. um, as well um, real life issues do get in the way yeah I admire anyone that can consistently commit to something over a long period of time and actually follow it through. Mm-hmm. I say this as someone who regularly fails to hit his weekly word count. Um, I say this as someone who very rarely paints his models. Yeah. Etc. Etc. Yeah. If I don't have a deadline, I don't get shit done. No. Um, and that's before, you know, being ill, before life events yeah you know um we lost a player from our group because he had a child yeah. rather his partner had a child and he watched perfect um <laughs> and he doesn't role play with us at the moment because he has to be a father he has yeah. to be there and do those things and that's more important to him and that's fine yeah obviously we needed to work out a way to remove his character do you carry on without him do you send him a text message every couple of weeks and say, what would Jeff do in this situation? Yeah. Not that his character was called Jeff. It's just my go-to name. Yeah, Jeff. I think it's because I've never had a friend called Jeff. I've never really known anyone called Jeff. Okay. If I was to say, oh, because Aaron did that, obviously I'd be thinking be, of yeah, you. Yeah, And I, you know, I think about you enough, man. Yeah. All the time. Oh, Love you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's, you've got to work out how these things affect the game we've had um we've had 
people in our games who've um, suffered illness, physical or mental, yeah. and have been unable to play. Yeah. Um, sometimes you can feel a bit guilty actually carrying on without them, especially if they were really invested in the game, they were really enjoying it, yeah. and you can just kind of pin a character, you know, put a pin in it, um, and just be like, we'll come back to this when everyone's able to do so and you move on yeah that's kind of fine i can't really give people tips on dealing with real life no because it's um, going to depend on your personal circumstances so yeah yeah i think it comes around to the actual the other the other major rule just don't be a dick yeah and just just communicate which people are really bad at we've yeah. got all these things that let us communicate i'm waving my phone at aaron now <laughs> being a grumpy old man we can communicate with anyone we know instantaneously yeah they're probably going to receive that and communicate back if we have, you know, left an opening for them to do so. Yeah. Sometimes people send me messages and I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. You've just told, you've made a statement. Cool, I've read it. Yeah. That's not a conversation. But that's a different, different yeah. thing. Um, but we're not actually very good at communicating what's really going on. Yeah. Uh, we've had some awkward conversations around role play. Um, I've told it on the podcast before um, when one of my players... Um, burst into tears because their their character was killed by another player. Yeah, that was awkward as fuck. Yeah, yeah. So it was like time out. It's a game. Let's deal with real life. Real life is more important. Yeah. Sometimes people lose sight of that, or they don't realise that what they're doing in a game can upset someone in real life. Yeah. Or is upsetting someone in real life. Yeah. You know that's that's tricky, really. Yeah, yeah. It's. No, like I said, it's, it's just follows rules. If it should be fun, so if he's not having fun, address it. Yeah, that's know, it. It does come back to that, doesn't it? Even if yeah. it's just private. And again, the don't be a dick rule. If, if somebody's like, oh, I need to step out of this, don't go, oh, well, fuck you, then I'm killing your character off. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, what do you want your character to do? Do you want them to do you, do you want them to pass away? Do you want them to walk away from the situation for a while? Do you, want, yeah. do you mind if I NPC the character for a bit? Yeah. You know, figure out something that works for both of you. Yeah. Like I said, if, even if... If you person like, I can't turn up every week because I'm dealing with child, but I can send it, like, you send me a message, yeah. I'll try and respond to it with, sort of yeah. like, I'll probably do this. One thing we've we've done is have more episodic-style campaigns mm. where rather than the entire party questing to Mount Doom and it's going to take a year to get there and yeah. all the characters have to go along, we've played things where they've got a base, they go out and they do stuff, yeah. And then it's like mini adventures that are linked, as we talked about right at the beginning. And that sometimes allows players to drop in and out easier. Yeah. So if a player is experiencing real life difficulties for whatever reason, um, it could be something as simple as they've got a deadline at work and they can't come for a, a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but you can kind of remove them easier. Yeah. One of the things we've done actually is when we've done other styles of campaign where that's not possible is we've established table rules for what happens if you're not there. Yeah. We have a standing rule in our game where if two players can't make it, the session doesn't run mm -hmm. uh, because there's too many people missing out because it's just almost half your players. We've got yeah. five. In fact, at the moment, it is half the players because we've got four players, mm -hmm. ones on a more permanent sort of break due to work. Yeah. Fine. So if two people can't make it, the session doesn't run. If one person doesn't make it, they are written out as soon as is feasibly possible. Mm -hmm. That is not held against that player. No. Um, and if they do have to stick around, they are run as an NPC by the DM, although the DM will probably ask the, one of the players to roll the dice for them. Yeah. 
so they're not just rolling dice at themselves and then saying what's happening the players still get to, to do it. it it means they don't have to deal with the guilt of that yeah. silly killing character or something um, <laughs> have we actually sat down and discussed that <laughs> I think so. I think it's. We, I think we've actually. Yeah, the, like the conventions on dice rolling and the character getting written out. I feel is like the constitution I, of the UK. It's just kind of set by precedent, yeah, and I it's what we expect. It, yeah, I think in that respect, yeah. But with the two players thing, yeah, we we we've decided that because yeah. it it was a problem during one campaign where people weren't turning up, and eventually the, the DM quite rightly said, right. What do we do if, because nothing's happening, we don't know the game, it starts to fragment the game, yeah. um, there's no continuity, and therefore we came up with a rule, problem solved, sorted. Yeah, it, it, yeah, like you said, it stops that ill feeling towards anybody, the player knows, cool, I'm, I'm having to miss out on it, you know, it might mean I'm written out, but, you know, yes. these things happen, at least your people still have fun, that's cool, and nobody has any kind of resentment or half feelings at that point in time. Yes, it's it's already there. It's it's not anything personal. It's just circumstantial. Yeah. Now, hopefully, we're not putting people off running campaigns with this giant list of problems. No, as I said, I've got I've got campaigns that finished years ago that I still remember in vivid detail. I still I think part of the reason actually I bring the characters back mm. is I don't really want to let go of those characters. Yeah, and it's not like a film or a book where you can go and just watch it again or reread it. You yeah. can't role play again. Role play is really odd. I think one of the closest things I can think of as a comparison is like live music. Yeah. When you see a gig and you try to explain to someone afterwards why it was amazing and they're like looking at you like, what? Yeah. And you're like, oh, you just had to be there. Role play quite often is a you had to be there kind of medium. Yeah. Which is why I really enjoy it as well because I can have an experience that no one else has, will ever have. Yeah, or only the people who are around the table at that moment in time can have. Yeah. And we can share that, and no one else can have it. And maybe I'm just a bit elitist, I don't know, but it's nice to have memories with your friends that, yeah, yeah, it is. that are special. And even like when I was from an outside perspective and I was being told these stories, yeah, those were awesome because I wasn't there, and so it became something I could sort of watch... As people were telling the story around the table about something yeah. that happened. You see that kind of excitement in other people. And hopefully that enthusiasm is infectious. It is. Because yeah. It makes you want to be involved in that and have one of those stories of your own with these people. And it's it's nice to be able... I mean, people have commented on on, on a podcast before when we've done the RPG about enjoying hearing our stories of the tales because we're excited about them. Yeah. Things we've done in the past. That's what you're going to get from playing any kind of role playing session. You'll yeah. have something you can take away that is yours. Yeah. That is your, well, your, yours and your friends that yeah. you can share with other people, but will still be your thing. Yeah. And it won't won't dilute by sharing it with others, which is a weird, again, I just feel very elite. Yeah. But it allows you to have a, a special thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, another reason why campaigns are great because they, they're something that no one else can have. Yeah. I mean, we played Rise of the Rune Lords. Which is a published four hundred, five hundred page book of adventures that yeah. goes all the way from being, you know, you get killed by tripping over yeah. characters to characters that I mean literally fought something that was almost a god. Yeah. And won. So you have this kind of that huge epic scope and that development that you talked about. Yeah. My character, uh, Mouse the Cleric was not the same character at the end as she was at the beginning. Around about seventh level, she realised that she'd secretly been raised in an evil death cult. Yeah. 
but she didn't know. <laughs> and they'd sent her off um, to to go and preach the good word of the goddess of death, just to get rid of her. Yeah. Because they weren't allowed to kill their own. So the goddess, the goddess that she worshipped was a neutral goddess. Yeah. So you can be in Pathfinder or D&D, you have nine different alignments, um, and you have to be one step within your god. It allows you for differences in doctrine, differences in interpretation, different aspects of the same god, yeah. like god of the sun and war. Well, the people who worship it as the sun aren't going to say the same mumbo-jumbo as the ones who worship in war, and their worship will be different. Yeah. So she was uh, neutral good within one step of the uh, the church, yeah. uh, the, the god. The rest of her church were neutral evil. <laughs> <laughs> Still within one step. Yeah. Just the opposite step to her. They weren't allowed to murder their own. They had a code. So they just got rid of her. But she was so unrelentlessly upbeat and positive <laughs> yeah. that she just kind of remembered the good bits and glossed over it. And then would sometimes get, like, someone would say something. She'd be like, oh, that's what happened when I was seven. Not in a creepy way. No, no, no. Like, but she realised she'd watched somebody be murdered. Yeah, whereas she thought it was a play. Yeah. Or she thought it was a joke. Was like, that's why I never saw him again. Oh, that's why the novices that failed the test went away i thought they went to live on a farm <laughs> you know it's that yeah. kind of thing um, and by the end of it she was like a walking avatar of, of that aspect of the god yeah um and if the campaign had continued her goal was to hunt down the evil version of her own church and convert them either spiritually or physically <laughs> um, but yeah very different sort of character yeah. one the form of um thing that might affect your players is is conflict either between players mm -hmm. or between their characters yeah now conflict between characters is easier to deal with yes if two characters are so completely at loggerheads that they cannot continue one of them walks away someone makes a new yeah character we've always done i've had role play parties that have split almost down the middle Yeah. Um, in games where I've presented them with something. I'm a bit of a terrible DM in the sense that I'm quite happy to foster player conflict. Hopefully because the players will come together through it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I recently sent a group into, and they're a fairly new group. Um, they've role-played before, but not, not a lot um, overall across the group. I sent them off to do a thing and they all had a contradictory mission yeah. They're all achieving the same thing, but they all had a sort of different ending that they wanted or mm -hmm. a different little submission that was going on. Yeah. Um, and there was conflict, but they, they held it together against the bigger enemy, etc., etc. Now, eventually, further down the line, those lines might crack. Yeah. As a DM, I kind of need to give them something to bring them back together and a reason to work together. Yeah. So I don't do it too much. But sometimes I've had two players want to do one thing and three players want to do another. And I'm like, okay, you two make new characters. And we followed that for a bit. And then we did a little side session with the other two characters, the original ones, the other three made people. Yeah. did a little thing. In fact, only two of them made people. I did it off the cuff because someone couldn't make it. Yeah. But we went back to them, so they didn't feel too cheated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you majority rules, democracy, yay! Yeah, so I find player, like character conflict is easier to, to deal with because yeah. you can just, Cool cut on the scene and just be like, cool, what are we doing? How's this going to go? Yeah. Like, Explain why. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes it can feel like you're arguing with a person in real life. Like, I've had yeah, yeah. stuff when we've been playing Vampires, Aaron, where 
I've been having a go at you. Yeah. I've, I, my character has been having a go at your character. Yeah, yeah. But I've got quite like heated. Yeah. And then I realised, oh, what if Aaron doesn't, like, what if Aaron thinks I'm really angry at him? Because I wasn't. <laughs> no, no. But sometimes but that can be hard. Moment, yeah, your brain goes, well, I'm not with this person, right, fight back. Yeah. yeah. Rather than, oh, hang on, it's a character, no, it's fine. Yeah, so, and some people aren't comfortable as well with that conflict. Yeah, yeah. You know, different people deal with conflict in different ways yeah. uh, for d- various reasons. So, yeah, cut deal with it yeah come to some kind of agreement i've had players that have worked out how the scene's going to play out before they've played it out yeah that's not they've talked idea, about actually. it yeah. gone, right we're gonna this is what i think should happen or my character would probably give in if you mention this thing you haven't mentioned that i know about and i was kind of waiting for you to say it. oh i didn't realize cool and we've either gone cool so you say that to him and you you let him do it yeah fine or we kind of right pick up the scene and, and depending on you know, How the exact is. moment and what's going to happen. Conflict between players out of the game is much more difficult to deal with. Yeah. I'm a member of the Pathfinder RPG Facebook group, mm-hmm. and it feels like every third post is, this person's done a thing in my game, what should I do? Yeah. And it's not character. It kind of overlaps with the rules quite yeah. often. But really, it's a clash of personalities, a clash of... Who of people rather than anything really to do with the game? Yeah. If those people were sat watching a Premier League football match, they'd be they'd be conflict. If they were in the library together, there'd be conflict. If they were, you know, walking down the street, there'd be conflict. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's not to do really with the game quite yeah. often. This is where it gets weird because there's like, how far does the DM's role extend into dealing with that? Because they're in charge of everyone having fun, really. Yeah. Organised fun! The best kind of fun. (laughs) (laughs) I think rather than necessarily intervening with those two players, I mean, obviously, if they're getting into an argument, people probably look to the DM as the person in charge. So if the DM goes, right, just stop for a second and then break up. Yeah. You know, that would at least break up, make everybody aware that the gameplay has stopped at that point. Yeah, well, maybe this is actual yeah. art, it's intervening, yeah. but as a group, maybe. Yeah. And discussing it probably with the other players. Yeah. Because sometimes poor player behaviour in game can be a symptom of something outside of it as well. Yes. Yeah. And that's where maybe that can become a little bit tricky if you can't resolve a thing. Yeah. Because he's always telling me what to do <laughs> for the last 10 years. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Then yeah, maybe yeah. it's it's a bit different. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's kind of different roles, A, on who's running the game, B, on who's hosting the game. Yeah. Because if you're causing a scene in someone's house yeah. or flat or couple box, yeah. Um, yeah, that's fine. If you're role-playing at a gaming club, is any you know who's in charge of the gaming club? Is it disrupting the people around you? Yeah. Is the DM, you know, is it a sanctioned gaming club event where the DM is in charge and it's a thing and you sign up with them? Therefore, they are actually in charge yeah. of that stuff. You've got to negotiate the social dynamics, really. Yeah. Um, and this can happen in smaller games. All Most of these things can happen in smaller games, but they tend to be in more of an issue. And I think we, we said the development and the investment is a real strong thing and why we love campaigns. Yeah. It can also be a source of conflict if two players want very different things. Yeah. And they're both so invested in the game that they don't, want to give in they don't want to surrender they don't want their character to be the one that's written out yeah 
that kind of thing. Yeah. Becomes tricky. Yeah, I don't necessarily yeah. think there's any ideal solution to that situation. No, it's it... communicate. Yeah. Is it fun? Yeah. Sometimes, sadly, in life, you have to go, okay, this is making things not fun for everyone or making things bad for everyone. Who is causing this? Yeah. Is it both of them? Is it one of them? If it's one of them, you can probably guess what I'm going to say. Yeah, as well, horrible as that is, I had a player in one of my games. Uh, we used to game in my front room. I had a little coffee table that we couldn't really get around. So everyone sat around. I had I had a little desk in the corner yeah. at my computer. Uh, there were two people on the sofa and I had two armchairs. Very snug. Very snug. Um, a lot of that furniture eventually was uh, burnt as an offering to the great Hakulo. Um, and that's where I got this beard. Ah. Um, but my then partner was tidying up and she found used old oily, greasy fish and chip papers stuffed down the side of the cushion of the oh. armchair. Well, that's out of order. It is, isn't it? And yeah. it caused conflict in real life away from the game yeah. between me and my, my then partner. And... I told that person who was someone I'd known for quite a while. I was like, you can't come back to my game because she'll kill you. <laughs> um, but what on earth are you playing at? Yeah. And it wasn't the only thing. There'd been other issues with the game and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I was like, dude, what, what are you playing at? And he kind of tried to laugh it off. And I just went, no, you can't come anymore. Yeah. And just wrote his character up. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's, it's harsh. It does sound horrible. <laughs> but equally... If one person is ruining for, for a whole group of people, and yeah. in fact damaging the place that some they've come to play the game yeah. at, then they're not probably that good of a yeah. friend to be hanging around with at that yeah. point in time anyway. It might be fine for other situations, yeah. but as I mean, far as I talked to them because if they were like, "Oh yeah, shit, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, I just I just put it down the down the side of the thing because I couldn't reach the bin and it was something was happening or whatever," yeah. I'd have been like, "Could you apologise or, yeah. or something?" But the way he just kind of tried to laugh it off, I don't know if that was because some people do that when there's conflict. They, yeah, they they get, so yeah. They to make a joke. yeah. Um, but I literally wrote them out by saying they were like, "Oh, where's where's their character?" And I went, "Oh, they've got bored and wandered off." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, not the best DMing move. Can't recommend it, but we all moved on. Yeah, um, no, I think that's the thing. You know, I didn't. I didn't say that in real life. Mm -hmm. They're like, "Oh, where's so and so?" And I, oh, he's, he's gone. I did say. Yeah, I was like, he fucking did this, and then he laughed about it. Yeah, and they were like, Ooh. "Yeah, yeah." Uh, and um, again, it comes back down to rule number three, essentially: yeah. like, communicate. So I think we should solidify yeah. as well. I had someone who used to piss on the seat of my toilet as well. Yeah, yeah, I know. People are pee on the fucking... floor like any normal person. Yeah, that's fine. Everybody expects you to splash there, but not on the seat. <laughs> Wise words of wonderful wisdom, Aaron. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if there's player misbehaviour, try to work out why. Yeah. Again, it's all it's all communication. I think, as I was saying ages ago, we don't communicate properly and it's hard and it's difficult to kind of do that and sometimes yeah. someone has to take the reins whether that's the host mm -hmm. whether that's the dm they haven't they both have a level of authority there yeah. this is my house this is my game i'm yeah. running the game you defer to my judgment but also um, as a player yourself being aware of yeah your own actions i mean most people yeah. you know most people i'm hideously unaware <laughs> I do things and then five minutes later go, 
That was a dumb fucking idea, Brian. Why did you do that? The, well, that's the thing. You're being reflective. That's fine. Yeah, I tend and to then, be quite apologetic when that happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's why it's not an issue. Yeah. You know, if you do something and go, you know, that was douchey. I shouldn't have said that or done that. I was yeah. being disrespectful. Just just acknowledge it. Bring yeah. it up to the other people. Apologise. Yeah. Because, you know, you're playing with your friends. Yes. You make a mistake, yeah. it's fine. They're not going to hate you for it. Just own it. Don't yeah. Just go dismiss it as nothing. Because obviously if it's bothered somebody, there's a reason for it. And yeah, definitely. Um, cool. We've been talking for ages, Aaron. We have, yeah. Should we should we soldier on just for a little bit longer? Yeah. Cool. When it comes to sort of telling a story or linking, even if you're just doing something that links combat encounters together, mm. you want to have a session that ideally... Every session should start with something interesting. Yeah. I always get the characters to, the players themselves, sorry, to do a recap. Yes. I get the players to tell me to get them thinking again. Um, and I, I've done various things. I've offered XP for a good recap. Yeah, yeah. I've had a think and go, these are the three things I think are really important right now. And whoever says them will get a shiny. I've given out re-rolls. Um, I've... Um, yeah, sweets. We've done stuff with sweets. People fucking well, people will do all sorts of stuff they wouldn't normally if you just offer them a little chewy thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird. Um, <laughs> I've done, I've done all sorts. I've done different ways of recapping as well. So I've gone. You tell me what your character thinks happened. And get them to do it in character. Yeah, that's quite an interesting thing to do. Yes, uh, if your players are confident. Um, I think I recapped, I, I, I was asked to recap and I did a recap for Vampire in character. Yeah. And you're all looking at me like I was scum because I revealed basically that my character had utter contempt for everyone around him, was pretending to be nice. So yeah. I was like, that idiot over there did this really stupid thing. <laughs> and, and that was you. And you, yeah. you look at me like, but you, you, you went along with it. Because like, I didn't have a choice to go along with it. So I've done this <laughs> and I've done that. And what I'm really hoping to do is this. Yeah, and for me, I enjoy it. It got me right back into the game. Yeah. And I think um, it drag the other people in as well. Just sort of suddenly, remember how all these characters are. Yeah. yeah, and it can be nice to to finish a session on like a little cliffhanger, something interesting. Yeah. you know, if you've got a really big bad guy to fight, or a, a big monster, or there's a plot twist, a revelation. You know, Scooby Doo pulls the guy's head off, and it's the park owner. Yeah. Um. When it, that's the point where you. You can stop a. You can stop in a campaign. You can stop at that point and come back to it, and then suddenly you've got like a big impetus to start. Yeah, I I love a session that begins with cool. So that's the recap, roll initiative. Ah, oh, I love a session that yeah. starts like that. Doesn't necessarily have to be a massive fight. It can be carry on that discussion you were having then, or yeah, or a session that that's like so the prince looks at you and says, "Which one of you killed my daughter?" go yeah and you're like uh <laughs> and it's the kind of thing that makes me think about the game between sessions yes that's one of the things that i feel makes me feel like it's been a good session is when the players are talking about it between then and the next session yeah. we have chat groups i have chat groups for all my my, my different role play campaigns yeah. so we can organize it you know yeah where we at friday yeah, who's who's bringing the beef, that kind of thing, both you know physical and metaphorical. Yeah, um, highly important, necessary for a campaign. Rule four, in fact. Yeah, beef. You need well, you need conflict for a story. 
uh, be rubbish otherwise. <laughs> um, but when people are just discussing things or talking about stuff yeah. in it, that's great. I love that. Makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to see as a DM, to see my players like, oh, will you just wait till next week? Or I can't believe you did that thing. You know, it can go backwards as well as forwards. But yeah, yeah. You know, that's a really good sign. So I like that. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's kind of run its course now as a topic of conversation. Yeah. Um, one other thing I've done, I've started doing it recently. I haven't done it for a while, actually, is I got my group, because we, we've got a quite a complex campaign going. They're only on, like, the third or fourth session. And I've, like, again, I've thrown too many hooks out. Yeah. I've got a George R. R. Martin cast of hundreds already, and I can't <laughs> remember who's got which voice, because I can only do about seven voices, each worse than the last. <laughs> um, and so... I got the character, the players to write down two goals, a short-term goal that they think they could achieve either in the, the course of the session or in like the next week of real of like game time yeah. as in like the character's week and a long-term goal, something they wanted to achieve by the end of the campaign or within a year. Hmm. Got them to write them down secretly. They gave them to me. I pinned them up on the inside of my DM screen and I used them to start to motivate what I was doing and to drag the characters in. Yeah. Even if your DM isn't asking you for it, as a player, having a goal makes you invested. Yes. Having a goal allows you to deal with a situation. This bad thing's happened. Cool. Well, actually, I kind of want it to carry on happening. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I want paying. Give me $10,000, Aaron. Yeah. I did to you the other yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Pay me. Pay me. I don't want to. I don't want to be involved. Got me out of it. Yeah. Kind of caught my bluff a little bit. I didn't think you'd pay me and then I could have walked away. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, that was motivated by my character's goal. Yes. That I knew. So, yeah, that can also help you out of sort of like dead ends in the story. Have you ever had a session where you're like, you're like, the DM's like, what do you do next? And you're like, I don't know. Yeah, actually. Mutant Gen Lab Alpha. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of moments in that. Yeah. Where things had just gone so much to shit. Yeah. Things are just obliterated around us that none of us, our characters were in a position where we could get back to our, our species. Yeah. Just species in different areas of the map. Um, although you're joined together as resistance to yeah. fight off your captors, essentially, in this area of location, which we were miles away from and was dangerous to go back to. Yeah. Right in the middle of a weird location. With no real idea of where to go because we couldn't really bring each other to each other's areas because it was too dangerous and we weren't really allowed to. So if we were we should split up. Splitting up was dangerous. I just got on a complete dead end with it. I just, I think we spent about an hour or two yeah. arguing in and out of character yes. about where the hell to go and what we should be doing next and just got stuck completely. And again, it's uh, the DM had put stuff in place for us to follow and do, but we'd got so hyper-focused on a particular element that we forgot about those other bits. And yeah. Stuck. Yeah. Sometimes it's worth just at the start of the session, like going, what are we doing? Where are we going? Yes. Um, I did, a, again, a complicated Cthulhu campaign um, where there was a big overarching sort of mystery plot going on that I ended up simplifying because it was starting to run its course. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a, a, at the end. Um, so the players got a whiteboard and wrote on it, and it was a physical thing that existed in the game. It was a chalkboard because it was a Victorian-era yeah. uh, London by Gaslight game. Yeah. So in their headquarters was this chalkboard, and it had, like, 
their doodles and stuff. And they used it just to make keep track of everything that was going on. Yeah. Um, but that was quite that was quite useful because it was something they could go back to and go right. What's happening? Yeah, I've seen players create mind maps. Yeah, to try and work stuff out. Yeah, um, but just think if you don't know what to do, work it from your character. What's my goal? What am I doing? What does my character want? Yeah, even if your character wants to survive, it's like okay, so what's the best way to survive? And if that way is to murder everyone and eat them, go is that compatible with my character's morals? No, okay. What else can you do? Yeah. Don't know? Okay, so how tempted are you to kill everyone and eat them? What would you, you know, and just try to work it from uh, from there. Yeah. Um, and it can help the DM because, as I said, I throw out hooks. I don't know which ones have landed. Yeah. Because some players don't go, I think we should do this, but they make a note. Yeah. And that's what they want to do. But their character or the player isn't the kind of person to reveal that. Reveal that. Yeah. No. And, you know, it doesn't have to be all about the big overarching plot all the time. Like you said, it could be as simple as how do I live through something. Yeah. You can look smaller. The the thing with these big campaigns that you can get a little bit stuck on how do we get the story moving. Yeah. Sometimes it's perfectly okay to go with, like, hey, I'm hungry, where's the nearest place to get food? Yeah. And you can turn that into an interesting and fun roleplay session, even if it's just you arguing over dinner. Yeah. Yeah, those are, are all ways of creating, growing your character, and even just yeah. giving a little tiny storybooks for the yeah. DM to work. with. I feel at the end of a good campaign, we could role play the characters having dinner. Yeah, in character, talk for the whole session because there's enough history there, there's enough personality there, there's enough sort of quirk and interest to those characters that they could just talk to each other. Yeah, because they feel real at that point. Yeah, so I think that's good. If you can get to that point, um, that, that's almost like, to me, that's kind of the goal. I mean, I'm a very, st- probably come across, I'm a very story-driven role player. Yeah. I like rules and systems. Yeah. They help. Take some of the pressure off. The pressure yeah. Off, yeah. And they make things fair. Yeah. Because sometimes you've got to find out if you can do the thing or not. Um, but they're not, for me, they're not the be-all and end-all. For some people, they are. Yeah. And it's more of a war game or a board game for them, and the storytelling generally tends to be off to the side. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but again, that session zero, you find out what sort of players you're playing. Yeah, I've often found myself playing a sort of compromise in the middle because I know I'm at one end. Yeah, and there'll normally be someone else who's at the other end. So the natural thing is to kind of meet in the middle. Yeah. So I maybe don't get to talk to every peasant in town, like some kind of weird video game character who's just pressing X in the hope that you know money will pop out of yeah. someone. Um, <laughs> but then they don't get to just fight, drink a potion, fight, drink a potion, fight, yeah. go to sleep, fight. You know, there, there's bits in there. So, yeah, it kind of, uh, kind of goes, uh, goes through it. One thing I'd say as a DM is make sure you keep a lot of notes yeah, players should make notes as well. Yes, uh, you don't have to write down everything that happens, but anything interesting, anything your character would kind of make a mental note of, or be like, "Oh, that was interesting." Something that would stick in your character's memory. Write it down because you're only that character once a fortnight. You're not going to remember. Yeah, people tend to make lots of notes and then never look back at them. Mm. And I've said at the beginning of recaps, I said, "Look at your notes. Who would like to recap?" Because for me as a DM, I've given you all the pieces, but you've forgotten one of the, like, three of them because they were two weeks ago. Yeah. I can 
get you there, but it's easier if you read your notes and go, oh yeah, that guy called Jeff had a wart on his nose and so did Susan. Maybe it's the same person <laughs> or whatever the yeah. MacGuffin may be. So yeah, that's kind of a really potted history. I think the other, one thing we haven't touched on is the loss of a player character. Mm. And I think it, it ties in with the another thing is that if you know exactly what your character would do in every situation, that's a good starting point. But people do change. Yes. Characters change. And I've lost a really good, really interesting, well-developed character from a campaign because they just became so rigid and ended up completely going against what the rest of the group wanted. So they were the character that was removed. Yeah. Whereas actually, to me, I, I was like, would you not compromise on this? You've compromised on other things. No, 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 no. Sometimes that's okay, but that character, that player was really gutted to lose that character. It's like, well, can you not find a, a, you know, some kind of thing? That character just doesn't cease to exist when you're not there, almost. Yeah. Does that make you know? They're, yeah, if yeah. they're a developed person, um, they they would carry on. They'd have to deal with that situation. Yeah. Rather than going, I, I don't know what to do. I'm just out. Yeah. Um, so you know, keep things adaptable. Keep things, allow your character to learn from their experiences. Um, you know, a character that once was brave but becomes a coward because they nearly died is an interesting character. Yeah. A character that was a coward, nearly died and came back and now thinks they're invincible and charges headlong into every situation is an interesting character. And your fellow players will have seen the events. You talked about seeing a character go through grief. Yeah. You know, your character dies, that should affect all of the other characters. I've turned around to one player and told their new character that they could fuck off, they'll never replace my great friend. <laughs> and that player, that player both smiled at me and then, like, scowled at me. So they were like, well, that's great, but I'm fucking here as this new person. I was like, you've got to prove it. You've got to prove yourself because you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, you know, you carry, and the character was still, still upset about the death. Yeah. And, yeah, they needed someone to heal the party. So they went and hired someone to do it, but that was, that's awesome. that's not that's not Tim. Tim's dead, and Tim yeah. was my friend, and I, I this new guy's replacing Tim. That's so why you don't buy a cat too soon. After your first one gets run over, you have to have a break. Yeah, and you know, learn to drive safely. <laughs> <laughs> Realised that was horrible. So yeah, allow your characters to um, to adapt. And the same thing, if a character dies, it should be. I mean, if you're playing like Pathfinder Core, then they can come back. Yeah, I, I, friend of podcast Rob had a character who I really liked. I was, I was running the game yeah. at the siege I mentioned before, yeah. and he died at the siege, and he was buried with full military honours, um, wearing his his magical armour, with his father's sword across his chest, um, and they they made a, they put a monument to this character in, in the uh, in the city. I think he had a fountain or something. And, yeah. and it was all very good. And then he made a new character. And it wasn't until three months later. And they were like, oh, we miss Hashek. We miss Hashek. And he was like, well, why didn't you fucking re reincarnate him then? You had enough money. <laughs> and they were like, oh, we didn't think of that. So, you know, your game, your game may deal with these things differently. Yeah. But a character death can be... A good thing in the sense it can almost, you know, it can relieve that burnout. Yeah. I had, I was a player and another player died in a combat quite brutally. Yeah. And I hated 
the character that did it. And then a month later, I found out that the DM and the player had talked. He wasn't enjoying playing the character. And he was like, kill me. Kill me in the session. He was like, okay, yeah, I'll kill you. And he, he like, faked it. It was quite yeah, good. Yeah. But they, you know, they'd made it into a thing, and it motivated the rest of the group. Yeah. Um, if you lose a character, you really like that up. Yeah, it can, it can hurt. I kind of threw my toys out of the pram when my four-armed Gen Lab dog died. Yeah. I got a bit annoyed. Yeah. Um, and, but um, it's fine. Uh, Murakami 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 didn't die but he did get captured yeah and I missed Murakami yeah. and then I got really attached to this new character and then that one died and yeah. I was like oh my characters are dying yeah. um, and it can become difficult to have a long term story if all of your characters die yeah I tend to up the lethality level in a one shot game yeah because if you die it doesn't necessarily matter no in a campaign, I feel it's kind of written... You Obviously, you need to have... If, especially if you're playing a combat-based system, mm. you have to have that risk of bad stuff happening yeah. so that it balances out and it's not like, oh, well, we win every fight and we can't lose. Yeah, yeah. But who says that a character that the dice say dies actually dies? No. So I've rolled enough damage to kill characters. Yeah. And I've knocked them down to almost dead and chopped a hand off. Yeah. I've massively scarred their face. They've lost an eye. I have smashed the ancestral weapon that hold, that is the living embodiment of their honour. And if the character's like, oh, what you know, what's going on? I'm like, that's what it says. But I'll, I'll talk to them sort of out of the, of yeah, the game yeah. or just be like, you know, do you want to be dead? Or do you want a thing? Yeah. Uh, and people tend to want a thing if they like their characters. Yeah. I've, you know, you can do all sorts of things. With it, without necessarily killing them. Yeah, you, you essentially you've given them another hook to deal with. Yes, well, probably quite yeah. literally if you chop them off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's the Abu Hamza gambit. Yeah, who's my least favourite X Man? <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know they've ha they're now having to overcome a significant loss in some fashion. Yes. Yeah. And, and deal with that. Yeah. And yeah, that can become their new long-term goal. Again, some players are like, well, the dice said I'm dead, I'm dead. Some people are really rigid and fixed on the rules. Again, yeah. not my style, but if you've had your session zero and you know that that's what that person's really like, that's fine. Yeah. If they try to impose that on others, that can become a problem. Like, yeah. oh, well, he should be dead. Why is his character just maimed? Yeah. I'm like, well, meh. life is yeah. hard. Uh, and that's, again, that's when you fix it. Again, you, you, zero. you talk outside of character yeah. about why you've done it. And ultimately, rule one, have fun. Yeah. You, en you, you enjoy the concept of your character dying and moving on. This person doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah. rather than ruin the game. We've had a long-standing joke for years that the the more the DM likes your character, the less likely you are to die. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's so true. Yeah. Because we're not the kind of people that rigidly stick to all the rules. No. The DM would rather do something horrible to you and see the character continue to develop than just end it. Yeah. And stop it. Um, because you know that's not necessarily fun. Sometimes an unexpected death can be good. Yeah, uh, it's all just down to you and your players and that kind of thing. Yeah. And if you lose a player in real life, hopefully they haven't died. But you know, if someone yeah. has a child and has to leave, uh, I wouldn't know what to do if we were in the middle of a role play campaign and someone died who was actually in real life. I don't think I could go back and play it. 
No, I'd just be like, we're yeah, done. I think we'd have to stop. We're done. Yeah. I think I might cry every time you roll a dice. Yeah. But, you know, if they, they can't make it, if they move away, people have to move. Yeah. Um, you know, the police start to close in. They work out where you live. You have to, you know, dye your moustache and move on. It's, you know, it's life. Yeah. It's you, life. You, you take some of your marked notes from them and leave it there. Yeah, yeah. And one day you'll meet up with them on a beach and one of you will be Morgan Freeman and the other one will be Tim Robbins and everything <laughs> will be fine. Um, Although hopefully one of you won't have to get covered in poop to get to that point. I'm covered in poop for probably about 10% of every day, actually. Yeah. I'm just a messy shitter. You know, some people are messy eaters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just a messy shitter. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a gift. It's a curse. <laughs> it's who I am and I'm proud of it. Um, <laughs> where the fuck were we? No idea. <laughs> If someone has to leave the game, yeah, you can weave it into the story. If they're gone for a month, maybe their character's been kidnapped or gone missing. Yeah, yeah. If they're gone permanently, have someone kill that that character. If they're not, definitely not coming back, have someone kill that character. Yeah. Have that character betray the party and leave. Yeah. Especially if they feel a bit betrayed in real life. No one's going to say it, but yeah, quite good. Um, <laughs> yeah, potentially. If you think they might come back, leave the door open. Yeah. They can become a really cool NPC. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been shot, taken an arrow to the knee, but I'm going to guard the fuck out of this town. And any time <laughs> you're in town, you come round my house and we'll have stew. <laughs> Whoever he is. Um, <laughs> Jeff again. Yeah. It's always Jeff. Jeff. But, you know, you know you've slated beyond all belief by now. Yeah, you can do all sorts of things with, yeah. with these characters. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it's quite a nice thing to uh, to do. So... The last thing to do then, you've yeah. run a glorious campaign, you've come up against a couple of these things, everyone's still having fun, yeah. rule one, it's all still enjoyable, yeah. so you're going to plough on. But maybe everyone, everyone's now reaching that point where we're burnt out. Yeah. Maybe you want to play the latest hotness that's just come out. Mm. Maybe you're playing Pathfinder and Pathfinder 2.0 is about to come out and you're like, I don't want to convert my 18th level <laughs> monk, wizard, artificer, half demigorgon lily to something or other Jesus. to this new thing yeah yeah you, 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 or you're just like you know what you fucking you fucking got to mount doom there's the volcano there's the ring stories have to end somewhere <laughs> <laughs> they do don't they you know yeah. nothing carries on forever everything dies eventually everyone you ever know will die yeah everything you ever love will crumble to dust i've got distracted again <laughs> um but, you know, you, you want to end a campaign, hopefully, in a in a memorable way. Yeah. Generally, in a campaign, you'll have subplots and side bits. You probably won't be able to tie all of them up. No. You could do, like, a little narrated epilogue to tie up things. I've done that. Yeah, Just all of the rings, yeah. Yeah, a little bit, you know, like the camera panning and you see all the characters or, like, you know, that montage. You can do that verbally. That's, that's a cool thing. Yeah, you don't need to literally pause in real life and then have some text appear underneath you explaining what happened to you at the end of the, end of the campaign. Yeah. Yeah, talk about it. It's fine. Yeah, it's really awkward if you sit there with a weird smirk on your face and yeah. just holding a piece of paper for ten minutes. Yeah, that that sounds really fun. I'm going to do that. <laughs> work in a fiasco game, but you want to finish the main plot. You want to give a sense of closure, um, and this is where I up the lethality level again to mm. the level of a one shot. Yeah, to the stakes, and and it's also the stakes in-game for the characters as well. Yeah. If you've saved the world three times, you don't want to finish with an adventure where you get a dog out of a tree, as an extreme example. <laughs> it's our last mission together, guys. I'll just zap it. Oh, 
catch it. Cool, it's done. <laughs> Deep fried dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> up the stakes. So all those NPCs that they've made friends with. Yeah. How many of them can you put in harm's way? How many lovers can be in peril? How many lineages can be threatened? How many organisations that they've fought for or established themselves? How many of those can be threatened? So you up the stakes. And if you can bring it down to a kind of a a single do or die scene Mm. where you fight the bad guy, if you win, everything is good. If you lose... Well, actually, you know this time you're dead. No mercy, no quarter. You guys have hated each other for the last two years of real time. Yeah. This is it. That's kind of, to me, that's like the big goal, isn't it? That climax. Yes. You reach that, reach a sturdy climax, Aaron. Um, <laughs> you, you built, you know, you have peaks and troughs. You want to have the biggest peak yeah. that you can to finish the the campaign on a sort of on a high note, really. Yeah. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but Mouse in uh, in our uh, Rise of the Rune Lords campaign had long had a crush <laughs> on our elven archer, played by Colin. Yeah, uh, she he was the first guy she ever kissed because she cast Breath of Life <laughs> and breathed into his lungs and brought him back to life. She's never kissed anyone before because she believed quite naively that her first kiss would be her first love. Yeah, that was her first kiss and. That had been like a year in game time before. Yeah. And had just been kind of healing him more. Like fluttering her eyelashes at him occasionally. <laughs> Colin didn't fucking notice. <laughs> Don't know if anyone else around the table noticed. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Glad it wasn't just me. I was like, maybe no, I was really was, bad at these things. No, no, it was like, like really unsubtle in that kind of, I've never experienced this before. Like, uh, some cool. people do acting. Yeah, yeah. And oh, good. Yeah, actually, I kind of feel like Colin, uh, Colin's character is being completely oblivious to it. It's, it's almost how it would be, yeah, be yeah. sometimes. It's like, nobody acts like that. They're just being silly. Yes. And this was a cross-species cross relationship. So yeah. she was a halfling and he was uh, he was an elf. Yeah. Still is, probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I knew we were going into that final fight. Yeah. A, because everything had built up and it would make no sense for it not to be the final fight through the interdimensional portal into the, the plate. Yeah. Um, and B, I could see that the DM was running out of pages in his book. That's normally <laughs> a good sign that yeah. you're at the end of something. Yeah. And so before, as we went in through the portal, I just grabbed Colin's arm. Well, you know, I, I did it in real life. And I looked deep into his eyes and in character I said, if I don't make it out, you have to know, I've always loved you. And then I ran off through the portal. <laughs> it's a beautiful moment, Aaron. Yeah, it was. Sport yeah. only by me teleporting back to the base of the dungeon and us having to walk the fuck <laughs> all the way back through everything we'd done. Yeah. Um, in really awkward kind of silence. Yeah. It was glorious. It, was, it really undercut everything, but it was funny as hell. And yeah, it was yeah. enjoyable. And that was years ago, and I remember it. But I would never have said that if I didn't know that the end was kind of coming. It felt like that do or die, everything's on the line kind of moment. Yeah. There is a tendency in role-playing games for characters to get more and more powerful and accrue more and more things and more toys and more power and more influence yeah. as they go along. And you can up the stakes, but it comes a point where it's like ridiculous. Yeah. But you can take away those toys and you can take away those power, that power and you can do other things to bring yeah. them back down to earth. 
for the sake of serving the story and giving them a final challenge to overcome. So that's good. Yeah. Have you finished a campaign with me? Just that Rise the Rune Auto one, which I wasn't there at the start one. Yeah. You finished the the mini campaign, these sort of eight sessions of Call of Cthulhu. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Did that end in a satisfactory way for you? It's all yes. right if it didn't. No, no, it is. <laughs> but it was not a good ending, like as in we won kind of thing because we didn't. Yeah. We, we, we lost, but it was a satisfying ending. It felt like an ending. Yeah. We, we had reached a conclusion. It was a horrible, dark conclusion, but we reached a conclusion. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it was there, there was something definitely final about it. It really did feel like we either walk away from this or we don't now. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes you want to finish it. You know, because like you said, you don't necessarily want to finish a campaign because you're enjoying it so much. Yeah. So you need to make them feel like finishing it is worth it. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely come across. Cool. Excellent. And I will rest easy in my bed tonight. (laughs) Um, Apart from all the crying, but that's every night. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully somewhere in there, there's been some good tips on some of the problems you might face in a campaign. Hopefully some solutions to that. Um, But as I said, I was going to say right back at the beginning, but it weren't at the beginning. It's about 20 minutes in. Yeah. Um, it has to be fun. If everyone's enjoying themselves, it's fine. Don't force it. We've abandoned campaigns partway through because it wasn't working, yeah. because it wasn't just wasn't the thing. We played uh, Curse of the Crimson Throne recently, mm-hmm. which was actually the thing that, that started us wanting to do this podcast. Yeah. And we're now only now, an hour and 45 minutes before <laughs> editing, uh, talking about it. We played five sessions, six sessions. Yeah. And we were like, I just realised at the DM that not only was I not particularly having fun, the players didn't seem to particularly be having much fun. Yeah. And we talked about it and we did something else. Yeah. Because the tone wasn't right. Yeah. Um, we weren't enjoying the the combats particularly. No. Uh, the tone didn't feel right because everyone was kind of expected to care about the city in that campaign really, really quickly. And yeah. it was really awkward. If it was up to me, well, it was up to me. Um, if I'd have thought about it or if I'd realised if I was to use that book again, I'd have a much more extended beginning. Yeah. Um, I mean, you couldn't have known necessarily about reading the entire thing first. And that's not always plausible. No, no. It seemed really interesting. Yeah, it did. But the it just didn't, really cool. it didn't work no. in, in execution. And that, not necessarily the book's fault, but yeah, it wasn't really working. The players had come up with cool backstories mm. for, uh, and it, it really helped you get these backstories for why they were involved. They were grouped together. It won't spoil it because it's literally page one. Yeah. They all come together to hunt down someone who's done them wrong. Yeah. They don't know each other necessarily. They've all been wronged by the first by this person. Yeah. What happens at the end of the first dungeon, Aaron? Which is a uh, a fishery. This is a spo- this is a spoiler. <laughs> you deal with it. You're yeah. with them. That, that that person is now no longer. That person dies. Yeah. I mean, you don't necessarily have to kill them. Yeah. I suppose, but or is brought to justice. Yeah. And then the city is set on fire, and there's a big riot. Yeah. Which is. You know, it's meant to be the impetus for the rest of the campaign. Uh-huh. But why are you still together? You met these people yesterday. You murdered a guy together and now your house yeah. is on fire. Uh. I mean, some of the characters have recreated only exist in the city because they had to because of what this guy had done to them. Yeah. So they didn't have any natural allegiance to the city in any way, shape or form. 
the problem still, what's stopping them from now leaving is all on fire, why would I care? Yeah. Because that wasn't wasn't implied early enough in the book for you to create a character that would also have that as an impetus yes. as well. Yeah. And mostly our session zero was I'm gonna run this. Do people want to play it? Yes, cool. What kind of characters do you want? Make your backstories. Yeah. It didn't include world building or tying your characters in necessarily because you didn't need to. Maybe we could have done a bit more. Yeah. But with five players all pulling in different directions, it would have been very, very bitty and very difficult to bring them back together. Yeah. Uh, so we just walked away from it. It's fine. It didn't work. I can still go into that book, pull out maps. I can pull out character yeah. stat blocks. Um, I can pull out names and I can use them in my game so it's not yeah. wasted money on the book no. it's not going to give us the same nearly three year experience of playing the Rise of the Rune Lord book through but yeah. to be honest I don't think anything has ever given me as much value per pound as my role playing books No. if you think like if you buy a, a film on DVD for a tenner, I don't know if people even do that anymore mm. but and you watch that film. If you watch that film five times, it's, you've spent a pound an hour. If you buy a video game, new, and play it for forty hours, which is a lot of time, especially when you're old like me, me and Aaron are, yeah, um, you've maybe spent a pound on it. You go to the cinema, you're probably spending near like ten pounds an hour on your entertainment. Yeah. You go to the theatre, you might be spending thirty, forty, fifty, sixty quid an hour. Yeah, live stand-up can be. A pound an hour, it could be fifty pound an hour. Yeah. Um, all things I enjoy, especially the theatre, darling. Um, but I don't go to the theatre very often at all because it's fucking expensive. Yeah. Um, whereas we role play every week. My Pathfinder book is falling apart. It yeah. cost me thirty quid five years ago, and I've must have played hundreds of hours of that. You know, I'm probably in the single digit pennies per hour of yeah. play kind of thing you yeah. know, not maybe not quite but you know getting there so it doesn't matter no if you're not having fun walk away yeah. find something else fun yeah life's too short man yeah yeah cool. something in it like you said if there's something in a system you, can, you think would be enjoyable nick it and use it in someone else Just yeah adapt it. yeah That's use fine. it steal it it's fine no one will know and if they do never mind yeah they shouldn't judge you for it as long as they're having fun tell them shut up yeah Cool. So, hopefully, as I said five minutes ago in the first ending, it's like Lord of the Rings, man. Um, <laughs> hopefully that, that's helped people out, give them ideas on how to keep a campaign running and some ideas on what to do if their campaign, if the gears are getting a bit clogged up. We're obviously the Critical Twits. Yes. We do all sorts of podcasts. We just love games. Games of all kinds, really. We do. Um, yeah. We like nerd stuff. Yeah, we like comic books. We like films. We like nerdy TV shows. Yeah, um, and we try to be both entertaining and hilarious. Yeah, to mix success. Yeah. Uh, so if you enjoy what we do, uh, please, please, please uh, like, subscribe, and tell your friends. That would be absolutely awesome. Yeah. If nice. you could uh, tell your friends, if you don't have any friends to tell. Um, I recommend you join some kind of club or society based around your hobbies and interests. Make some friends and then tell them about us. Because yes. they'll really like it if you do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you'd be that guy who introduced that band. Right? Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you can, in 20 years' time, you can be like, we knew those guys before they were medium-sized. <laughs> and that'd be absolutely amazing. You can tell your kids. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon. Yes. 
Goodbye. Bye.